Hello everybody, welcome once again to Vineyard Community Church as we continue on in a series we're doing called Developing a Disciple's Heart. Um, we've been in this series for a long time. Part 23, we've been in it for almost half a year. Uh, and the uh, longest series I've ever sort of continued with. But my hope is, and, and the reason we're investing this kind of time is it, in it, is that when we finish, that you will have been encouraged to have uh, spent more time on a daily basis with God. And, and I'm not talking about, you know, hours and hours. I'm talking about really minutes. Um, if, if we can carve into your schedule 15 or 20 minutes early in the day where, where you consistently are connecting with God, uh, it will change your life for the better. Um, the, the life of a disciple is a full and abundant life. And I know how busy we are, and I know how... Um, I've said this, it, it, almost everything in life nowadays sort of comes at us. We push a button, we turn something on, and everything just comes at us. But our relationship with God is different. It needs to be developed. It needs to be uh, nurtured and cultivated, and we need to spend time in it. It just doesn't come at us. We just don't hit a button and have it come at us. We, we need to spend time with God. So this entire series uh, is, uh, I, I called it a primer when we started, is really about seven sections or passages of Scripture that I'm hoping that you will incorporate into your life to help us get better connected, more focused, more thankful, um, to, to be prepared for what lies ahead, to go and do the stuff we're called to uh, in the process. And so we've been working through this, this pretty significant chunk of stuff together. It's a, it's a tool. Uh, it's, a, it's part of a, a spiritual discipline, if you would, which is healthy for us because that's part of what it means to be a disciple. And the end result is that as disciples, we live better lives, more fulfilling lives, more purposeful lives. That's what it's all about. So without going into everything that we've covered, we talked about getting focused um, for weeks and, and about the opportunity we have to enter into the throne room of God, the literal presence of God, and that from there we can get a throne room perspective. And that was Hebrews 10, 19 through 25. And then we, we talked about getting thankful. We looked at Philippians 4, 4 through 8 and um, set a foundation again for how important it is to be a thankful people in, in what we do and how that really gets our hearts set right with the Lord. Then we talked about getting connected and, and how uh, we use the Lord's prayer as sort of a model for prayer to help us stay on track in our prayers so we don't wander uh, when we go to pray. I know a lot of times with good intention we start to pray and then we kind of quickly move off into thinking about other things and, and it's, it's not quite the same. And, and so the Lord's Prayer helps us to kind of stay focused and to um, pray about things that are, that are important throughout the day and help us stay better connected. Now we're talking about um, getting dressed and we're looking at the armor of God uh, in Ephesians 6, 12 through 18. And, and I've said the transition here is kind of we've, we've taken those first few sections and it's really been about us connecting with God in sort of a one-on-one -on -one way and, and knowing how much he loves us and, and getting our hearts right and our perspective for who he is and who we are in him and in Jesus. And now we're preparing to head out, um, to enter into life um, where you know our calling and our ministry and our mission and and our relationships and all those things and he prepares us for um, what we're going to face during the day and Paul uses a, an analogy of a Roman soldier and so he's talking about armor and and at some level it is a spiritual battle but 
uh, I want to make sure you understand that, that primarily as a disciple we engage this thing on a horizontal level and by that I mean the way that we engage this battle is we introduce light into the darkness it's how we love people it's how we encourage them it's how we are able to uh, um, share with them by our lives perhaps the good news and that as people come to understand it and receive it light enters in and displaces the darkness and so the armor of God to me is a lot about um, our our character that's being developed as disciples and and how important that is for us to take on it so we've been working through the verses together finally be strong uh, in the Lord uh, and in his mighty power and and then we've we've broken it down from there and started looking at the pieces of armor that we need to take on in order to walk this walk so we're gonna launch into verse 17 today um, but before we do uh, a little story because most of you guys like a little story before we get started this is a really old story uh, you've probably heard it before it's been told in lots of different formats but then I thought it's been around so long maybe there's some people that haven't heard it and, uh, and so it might be worth hearing again you just never know with a story um, and I tell such bad stories anyway it really doesn't matter so there was this guy see the smartest man in the world and he's on a small plane with four other passengers and a pilot flying over the Rockies the other passengers were a doctor, a politician, a pastor, and a college student, and of course, the pilot. Things were going along very smoothly when a sudden blast of air forced the plane upwards and then caused it to stall, and beads of sweat sort of popped up all over the pilot's forehead as he's desperately trying to restart the engines, and he can't. They will not restart. He turns to the passengers and he says, well, we've got six people on board, but only five parachutes. I must take one of them because my large family needs their father and with that he grabbed a parachute and jumped out of the plane. The politician said the country needs me now more than ever and he too grabbed a chute and he jumped. Then the doctor said I have many many patients who desperately need me I must have one of the parachutes so he grabbed another pack and jumped. And the smartest man in the world said I am brilliant beyond my years. I know everything about anything and I'm on the verge of some of the greatest discoveries and the most amazing breakthroughs in history certainly the world needs me more than ever and so he grabbed a pack and he jumped leaving only one parachute between the two remaining passengers the pastor turned to the student and he said young man I've lived a full and meaningful life I'm I'm ready to go and be with Jesus you take the last parachute and go and the college student calmly replied I don't think that's necessary pastor you see the smartest man in the world just jumped out of the plane with my backpack Was that new to you? Oh, <laughs> well, <laughs> the pun—it's better with the punchline. Okay. Ah, <laughs> uh, scripture reading: Second Timothy three fifteen through seventeen out of the message. There's nothing like the written word of God for showing you the way to salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Every part of scripture is God-breathed and useful one way or another, showing us truth, exposing our rebellion, correcting our mistakes, training us to live God's way. Through the word, we are put together and shaped up for the tasks that God has for us. And blessed be the word of the Lord. 
So, so far, we've looked at Ephesians 6, 12 through 18. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And having done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth, buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil ones. Take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And that's what we're going to look at today, that last verse, Ephesians six seventeen. take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. God. We're going to add that to the armor. We've, we've already looked at how truth and righteousness, I said that those two things, uh, those two pieces of the armor um, intersected integrity and that we need to be people of integrity in this life. That that's what people are looking for um, out of us. And not, we're not perfect at it because we all still are a mess, but we need to constantly be thinking about how we say and what we do and how they line up and how they match and and how it reflects in the world around us. I was uh, looking the other day at Facebook, um, going in to check on pictures of Barry and Renee's baby and stuff, and scrolling down just to see what's happening. And uh, there was, in the midst of that, um, a discussion, a pretty uh, intense discussion, uh, about someone and uh, people claiming to be Christians and how discompassionate they were, uncompassionate they were, how much they were lacking compassion. I'll find eventually a way to say that. And I started reading through um, the responses, which was sort of a big pile on at that point. And I realized, you know, we have, a, we have a lot of work to do. We're not often perceived very well by big groups of people. Um, and sometimes when you dig into those things, it's, it's because they're, they're ready, you know, not to care about us because of something that's happened. But sometimes there's, there's some genuine stuff in the midst of it. And you kind of have to look into that. But, but we need to be careful in how we relate to the world never we've talked about this never you know acting like we're um, better than anybody else or or because we know Jesus that that somehow um, you know allows us to treat people badly because it doesn't and yet we, we have a uh, there's a tendency for people to think that that's what Christians are all about and so we have to be a people of integrity to live through this thing in order to impact people um, and, and so we, we talked about that and then we talked about um, peace and, and faith last week and how that makes us allows us to be a people of courage and that we need to be encouraging people in a very discouraged world and it needs to be a part of what we're doing all the time in our lives well today we're, we're talking about the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit and and I, I would say to you that those two things intersect at what I would call real life and the first point real life which is found in Jesus it's found in standing with him and what that looks like. And this real life is a now and forever life. This verse in 1 Peter 1, 3 through 4 in the message says this, What a God we have, and how fortunate we are to have him, the Father of our Master Jesus. Because Jesus was raised from the dead, we've been given a brand new life and have everything to live for, including a future in heaven. And the future starts now. This life, this real life, this forever life starts when we come to know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. That's when it starts. And there's something about um, holding that in context that will impact the way that you live. 
Um, see, we, we, we have an eternal life promised to us in Christ, and some people think that that life is all about, you know, after we, we go to be with Jesus. But the reality is that life starts now. So you're already in your eternal life. It's already started. It started when you accepted Christ. Um, at some point in your life, you will have a transition um, where things get changed around and, you know, you get a new body and some neat stuff happens as you go to be with Jesus in, in a different way. But you're already engaged in fully eternal life. It's, it's already here. Just, it happened when you accepted Christ. And so um, you're, you're living that life now. And that realization ought to begin to impact the way that we move through life and, and how we look at things and, and how we, um, we allow things to impact us. And so this, this new life started when we accepted Jesus Christ as Lord. And, and that's the second point. See, that's the hope of salvation. That's the hope of our salvation. 1 Thessalonians 5.8, Since we belong to the day, let us be self-controlled, putting on faith and love as a breastplate, and the hope of salvation as a helmet. So this, this idea of salvation, the hope of salvation, the helmet of salvation um, that, that we're dressing into now is this understanding that, that since we've come to Christ, we've engaged in real life now and forever. And that... That, that idea helps us to um, process the, the thoughts that come at us that we're constantly bombarded by in our culture and the, word, uh, the world all around us. It's a, it helps us to keep our throne room perspective in place, even though throughout the day, everything would like you to start thinking differently. Um, throughout the course of your day, uh, you know, everything is sort of programmed around you to get you off of thinking about him and to start thinking about yourself. And, and all the things that you want. And when we start thinking that way, we kind of lose touch with what really matters. And, and so the helmet of salvation helps to guard our thoughts and, and our minds from all of the things that want to move us away from walking after the Lord the way we should. And, uh, you know, it's a trick most of the time because these, uh, all these sort of uh, self-focused thoughts and ideas that we think... In, in our, you know, sometimes messed up thinking are going to help us really experience life in a better way, never do. Because real life is always found in walking with Him. The better life is always found in hanging out with Jesus. Always is. But we're always sort of dealing with this thing, and it's a daily thing. Uh, and, and, and it's more than, you know, it's an hourly thing. It's a moment-by-moment -moment thing. It's a constant sort of thing that wants to get us distracted from the truth so that we don't experience life. The, the one big job of the enemy is to keep us from experiencing life. He said, I want to come and steal life from you. And he does it in lots of different ways. And one of the ways he does it is by keeping us distracted and, and getting our thoughts into things that just really don't make a difference. Second Corinthians 10, 3 through 5 says this, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. See, we, you, you can go all sorts of places with that verse. But the reality is, um, knowing that we have our salvation set in the Lord and that our eternal life has started now and that he's got us forever and he's going to take care of us and, and he moves into life and situations, um, we don't need to buy into all the mess of the world around us. 
um, that, that are trying to find life because they don't know the source of life yet. And, and uh, we, we need to know that, that we can, because of who Jesus is, um, we can have a clearer understanding of what life's supposed to be like and where we're going to find life. And so the helmet of salvation helps us to process through all these different thoughts and ideas to try and, and help us then to keep focused on, on Jesus and on real life. And so um, what happens over the course of time uh, in, in Christ as we walk with him is that we're to undergo a transformation of our minds that's made possible through the other part of the armor we talked about, which is the word. That's the third thing, the word, the sword of the spirit. Rather than being consumed by the fear that's out there and by the discouragement of our culture and by all of the self-centered stuff that's going on, um, we... Uh, learn life by focusing our thoughts on the kingdom of God and on the things of the Lord. Romans 12:2. do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is his good pleasing and perfect will. Don't be conformed to the pattern of this world but be changed by the renewing of your mind and the mind is renewed by the sword of the spirit the word of God. Listen to these verses, Hebrews 4.12. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. 2 Timothy 3.16 and 17. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. The question um, comes at you this way. Here's my question, and I'm not being judgmental, critical, I'm not, I'm not being any of those things. My question is, are you spending time in the Word? As a believer, are you spending time um, reading the Bible? You know, the, the, the Word uh, changes everything. And yet, we've been, oftentimes we get lulled into this place in our lives that, that doesn't hang out in the Word for yourself. Uh, and And opening the book and actually reading the Bible um, is, is a part of how we live as believers. And yet, it often just gets taken away from us and it becomes less important and we're not doing it for ourselves. We might be listening to people teaching us. See, the problem is when you're not reading it for yourself, um, you're just going to take on everybody else's bias that's coming at you as they teach. If the only word that you get um, is, is like coming from me, you're going to pick up all of my stuff and it's, I don't have this all figured out. Um, I, that's just honest. I, I, you know, I give you what I think uh, that I figured out and, and some things that I'm very, very comfortable with and confident in, but there's some stuff that, you know, I'm, I'm still learning as I go and I will be learning my entire life. Everybody who teaches is like that. Nobody has it perfectly figured out. But as you read under the unction of the Spirit of God in your life, He'll speak to you about what's happening in the Word, and, and that's how your mind is transformed. And so what I, I'm, I, I want to encourage you to do is this. Every day, start spending time reading the Bible. Every single day. And you, listen, um, let me tell you some things about Bible reading that's pretty fascinating because it just sort of gets away from us. We spend a lot of time doing a lot of other things and I'm not talking about big chunks of time, five or 10 minutes. I'm, you know, I'm still trying to keep this entire morning process into 15 or 20 minutes for you. Because um, I think if I can get you started in it, it will expand itself just because you find that there's so much life in it that you'll, you'll make more time for it. But you've got to start somewhere. Um, 
all of us as believers should read through the Bible and and not just once continually because it's it's alive you know the Jesus is the word when when you read the Bible it's alive it will speak to you constantly about life and you'll pick up things every time you read it and so uh, it, it should be ongoing in your life and you know I want to encourage you to try uh, uh, some sort of plan that moves you through the scripture at least over the course of a year and that takes five minutes a day that's all that takes that, it, that's it I, I do that all every day that part of my reading takes five minutes at the most it's usually three four chapters of scripture and it just doesn't take very long to read it just get yourself set up so that you're doing it find a Bible plan I have one on my website there's lots of good Bible plans someone was telling me they, they, they just finished reading through the Bible in a year by using the in touch magazines that we have out there and plugging into that one whatever you need um, get yourself set up into reading the word now here's where I, I I've worked this out over time because I know what some people think I know how busy life is believe it or not I spend time pretty busy here uh, people think well it's easy for you to read all the time that's what you do at some level yes but I, I promise you I do my Bible reading apart from my time over here um, I, not that I never read the Bible when I'm over here because uh, I do but that's for studying and for teaching and stuff I'm talking about just in my own life for my relationship with God I spend time reading the Bible every day and um, over time I've developed a, a habit where I, I like to read it through on a plan that gets me through it once a year and then I usually read a proverb every day you've heard me say that that gets me through the proverbs 12 times a year I like to read five psalms a day you know what that does it gets me through the book of psalms 12 times a year it really doesn't take very people go what it doesn't take very long psalm 119 you got to kind of juggle around because that's a really long one and that can't be one of the five you got to set that up a day by itself but you can you can find lots of plans that actually read you through the psalms like that and then I, I often have another plan that I go through reading the scripture as well all of that's in my own little quiet time okay so I'm not asking you I know that you're busy to go but but start with five minutes it will change your life and when you read because here's another thing I found I started talking about the Bible I'll lose track of time I can I can get myself into a thing and I don't know if this happens to you where I'll read my daily reading and then I'll think uh oh I don't remember one thing that I just read you ever done that I can get myself into a habit and so okay, I'm gonna do it just because I'm gonna do it and then it's like uh oh did I just read that my mind starts to wander all sorts of stuff just like when I pray sometimes whoop, it'll happen when I read I'll be reading the words so you how do you fix that one of the things I actually do and this might seem a little strange but I read it out loud to myself that helps me stay way better focused that doesn't work for everybody it works for me I just read it to myself because then I'm not only reading it I'm hearing it I think there's got to be some neat dynamic to that and uh, so I have a quiet place where I go sit and read I read I mean I do it quietly I don't yell out and wake people up or anything but uh, I read it and that helps me to stay on track and then every day I try and pick one thing I ask God to show me just give me one thing out of these verses I, I can't do 10 million things just give me one thing out of the stuff that I read today that I kind of carry around and it sticks with me and he does and I'll pick out a verse or a couple of verses and I'll think about them throughout the day and, and that process is renewing my mind and he's constantly teaching me new stuff but you, you, have, to, you have to at least open the book or you know I say open the book I, I do my reading on my iPad because it's easier for me to see it's more comfortable for me I've got like 27 Bibles on here and uh, and plans and everything in my website and I just hit buttons and boom it pops up and I read it um, I want to encourage you to dig in again 
and spend some time reading Word. Five minutes. Five minutes a day. Pick a plan. If you do pick a plan, here's what happens with some people. It's like anything that we do. It's like exercise or anything else. You get in there that first day and you do real well, and then you miss a day, and then, you're, then, you, and then, you, and then you feel bad about missing a day, so you miss another day. Does this make sense? And then you just like give up. So when you start, if you miss a day, don't worry about it. The next day, just pick up back where you're supposed to be. Don't try and catch up. That's what messes people up. They miss four days, and now all of a sudden it's daunting because there's 20, 20 chapters of Scripture to read, and they're like, forget it, and they just put it down. Okay, I missed a couple of days. Pick it back up. And as the habit develops, you'll just find that it's easier and easier to do. And then, and then you know, if you make it a constant, if you miss a couple of script chapters, you'll get them back. They'll come right back to them, okay? So pray about that. I want to encourage you to pick it up. The sword of the Spirit is so incredible. It changes stuff in us all the time. And, and he needs to, because we got some stuff that needs to be worked on in our lives. So this idea then of, of, of standing with Jesus as his disciples in real life, living where salvation and the word intersect, um, that's what it's all about for us as disciples. It's life with a purpose. It's a, this eternal life starts with him now. And so getting dressed in the armor then allows us to stand against evil as we've talked about. It allows us to stand alongside the broken. It allows us to stand against fear. And it allows us to stand with Jesus and experience life. Next week we'll look at uh, Ephesians 6, 18. We'll be talking about standing in love. If you want to read ahead, you can. And uh, we'll pick it up there. But that's it for today. If you're watching on television or on video, thank you so much for spending this time with us. We know how valuable your time is, and we appreciate greatly you, uh, you giving some time to be with us. If you need anything, go to our website, send us a prayer request, and we'll do whatever we can for you. Thank you for your time today.